This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. And before we get into the content today, I just finished recording and I've noticed there's a, oh, it's so annoying, a sound quality issue at some point in this podcast. And I was going to re-record the whole thing, but then I thought, you know what? you guys won't mind. And it really is pretty minor. So you might notice a few little glitchy sounds, but rest assured I have fixed the problem and next time it will be perfect. So I hope you enjoy this show on leaky gut syndrome. This week we're talking about, uh, I guess you call it a condition that I actually never used to think existed. I thought it was a made up sort of thing because when I worked in conventional medicine, the term leaky gut was never used. It was something that you would see on more alternative, I guess, websites and things like that, and wasn't really recognized by the medical profession. But now it is. It's now termed increased intestinal permeability is the medical term for leaky gut syndrome or leaky gut. And I wanted to talk about that today because it is something that's getting a lot of research done. When the Human Microbiota Project was launched in 2007, which is not really that long ago, the focus of that is on the microbiome, but also on obviously our gut and our gut health. And I'm absolutely fascinated by the gut and the microbiome, as you probably have guessed from the last two episodes of The Wellness Glow. And uh, leaky gut syndrome is something I see all of the time in my clinical practice. And I think there's probably a lot of people, in fact, probably most of us at some point have had 
um, increased intestinal permeability and we just haven't known it. We may have felt a bit off. It, sometimes it manifests in things like joint pain, uh, fatigue, brain fog, uh, skin inflammation like rashes, uh, eczema perhaps. Uh, fatigue can also be very strongly linked now to um, increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut. And in fact, there's a lot of research going on in chronic fatigue syndrome, another illness that used to be not recognized and thought to be something that was made up. And we know now that it is absolutely not. And there seems to be a very strong link between uh, increased intestinal permeability as an, a possible cause of chronic fatigue syndrome. And we know that people that present with chronic sort of fatigue type symptoms should be investigated for increased intestinal permeability and it can actually be tested for. So um, I'm going to talk about increased intestinal permeability today and if it is something that you think might be affecting you then yeah there's absolutely tests that can be done for it so that you would know for sure. But to be honest with you I have never tested a patient for leaky gut syndrome because I can pretty much tell by the uh, symptoms and signs that they show up with that there is uh, an involvement of this increased intestinal permeability. And I guess to fully understand this condition, you've got to know a little bit about basic anatomy and physiology of the intestine. So we're talking about the small intestine here. And when you have you eat food, it goes down through your mouth, into your esophagus, down into the stomach, gets broken down a bit there and then goes into the small intestine. And the small intestine uh, is actually a very delicate uh, piece of tissue. It's got multiple layers. It's got that muscular layer that um, has, propels the food down through your digestive tract. I did mention peristalsis last week. So that's a muscle layer. And there are multiple uh, other layers. But the one we're going to talk about is uh, where that the interface, I guess, where the food and your gut microbiome pass over or sit within that small intestine. So you've got this um, uh, membrane and normally when you eat food, trying to keep this fairly non-scientific, when you eat food and you, it gets broken down, as the nutrients get broken down to, you know, molecular kind of level, so like your vitamins and your minerals, um, proteins, fats, etc. And they get absorbed through the intestinal wall into the bloodstream and they go where they need to go. So there's an element of permeability of the small intestine so that, and also the large intestine, the permeability of the large intestine is really supposed to be just for water, but sometimes that doesn't necessarily happen. And I can talk, actually, I might talk about that next week or rather the week after, because next week it'll be Ask Me Anything. So uh, the small intestine, when those uh, food particles get digested down into those smaller molecular elements that go through the intestinal wall to where they need to go, that is a normal process. So there is an element of intestinal permeability, but what I'm talking about with leaky gut is increased intestinal permeability. So these little um, gap junctions that the food goes through, is, when you get a, uh, inflammation going on in the body, 
And this inflammation, uh, it's a funny kind of thing. It's, it's a bit of a uh, chicken and egg situation because you can get inflammation that causes those gap junctions to become a little larger so that larger particles come through from the small intestine into the blood. And some of those larger particles might be large, slightly larger food particles. And I'm not talking recognizable, like you're not having a piece of cheese going into your bloodstream, but I'm talking about just larger molecules than, than are supposed to go through. Uh, and also what can happen is some of your gut microbiome, that bacteria uh, can go through into your bloodstream as well. And that's the kind of stuff that can set up an immune reaction where the body recognizes this uh, part of the gut microbiome or the food as a foreign entity and will start to protect the body. So it sets up an immune response. And that, of course, a normal immune response consists of inflammation. But what happens when you get this increased intestinal permeability and these larger particles and some of the gut microbiome might come through is you get this immune response mounted that goes on for a period of time, which becomes unhelpful and damaging to the body. And some of the things that can cause the, um, the intestine to become inflamed um, and this is what I mean by this chicken and egg situation is inflammation itself can cause the gut to um, be, have this increased permeability. But perhaps if you've had a really bad food poisoning or um, if you have a lot of ibuprofen or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, they are known to cause this increased intestinal permeability. Um, if you've been under a lot of stress for a long period of time, uh, my theme of gut and stress comes through in virtually everything I do, and, and it, it does in this case as well. We know, for example, with patients that have had significant trauma. I was reading a clinical paper pre preparing for this podcast about patients in ICU, and they know that pretty much any patient that's had significant burns or significant trauma and is in ICU will have a leaky gut or this increased intestinal permeability. So they get this inflammatory process set up, which is even more damaging to them. So realistically, to treat a patient holistically that's had trauma, they need to have um, some good gut healing uh, protocol implemented. Also, chronic illness uh, also can lead to this increased intestinal permeability. Food intolerances is a classic, and in fact, it, that one kind of works both ways as well. The food intolerances can cause the increased intestinal permeability, but also the increased intestinal permeability can um, lead to food intolerances. So there's a number of other things also. I just kind of listed the most common causes of uh, leaky gut. Um, and with the food intolerances, some of the most common triggers are things like gluten, which I'm sure you've heard before. I'm kind of in two minds about gluten. There are lots of naturopaths and nutritionists that are really anti-gluten. I'm still yet to see evidence that every single person on earth should avoid gluten. Um, I think one of the big problems with gluten is how it's processed. For example, I've got a number of patients that can't have gluten here in Australia. They're not celiac, but they have like a non-celiac gluten sensitivity, which is a thing. And if they go traveling to 
Italy, for example, or France, they can actually eat the bread. And they're really surprised. A lot of them are going on holidays. They think, oh, I'm just going to sneak some of this bread because it's so awesome. And then they go, hang on a second. I'm actually not reacting to this. So, um, and when they talk to me about it, I say, yeah, it's actually well known that because of the process that goes on for um, producing, for example, bread in this country, in Australia, and I'm sure it's the same in, in many westernized countries, is we are just putting through such great volumes of uh, the ingredients that are used in making bread and the process has to happen so fast is that we're not kind of allowing the bread to go through all of its normal chemical processes. So, you know, if you bake bread, you um, have, you know, you allow it to rise and then you knead it and you allow it to rise and you go through this process and with the way bread is commercial bread is made these days in many Western countries, it's sped up and they don't go through all of those processes properly. So the gluten isn't getting processed in the same way that makes it more um, digestible. Whereas in France and Italy, Italy and some of those other European countries where they're very traditional about their bread and, you know, people buy bread every day. They're not buying bread and, and keeping it for days like we tend to do in Australia. So the bread is made with a lot more care, a lot more time. And because of that, the, um, the gluten is broken down in a way that is able to be digested by pretty much everyone except celiac. Celiacs is a completely different scenario. And I can address that in another podcast if anyone's interested. So please let me know. So that's kind of the causes of leaky gut. Um, and I guess then comes the next question, which is how do we treat it? And like I said last week, probably one of the worst things you can do is just simply start taking probiotics because if you have a leaky gut, you take those probiotics. Remember I talked just then about how the gut microbiota can go across into the bloodstream. And that's exactly what could happen with the, um, probiotics if you take them. So it's super important to make sure that you do some healing of your gut before you start taking some random probiotics. And if you did listen to last week's episode, I did talk about the fact that there are the probiotics these days are very highly researched and there are specific strains to use in specific uh, issues that are going on with people. And, and as a naturopath, I treat people holistically. I look at the whole person. So if someone comes to me with what I suspect is leaky gut and they are someone that's had a stressful event or they suffer from anxiety, then I will go for um, a gut healing protocol first. And then once um, that has been implemented and it's time to put in some antibiotics, I will choose antibiotics that will not only address uh, recolonizing their gut, but also will address their other specific issues such as anxiety. So that's, that's the beauty of going and getting some professional advice rather than self-treating is that you can get the underlying cause of your problem treated as well as the symptoms of your current issue that may be caused by that underlying situation, whether that be stress or anxiety or maybe you've had a gut infection. I know for me personally, I went to India in 2006 and I had a massive gut infection. I think I lost about 
six kilos when I was um, just after having that infection and then I lost another four kilos. Like it was just this massive um, kind of <laughs> assault on my body and I didn't know, you know, I just kind of thought, oh, yeah, food poisoning, let's just let it run its course. I was sick for like 10 days and I really should have gone to hospital. But I self-treated uh, with antibiotics that I'd had and taken over with me for uh, to India and again that's a really bad thing to do and I really regret doing that but I was unwell for years until I got knowledge and realized I actually had a leaky gut for quite some time and I'm just very lucky that I didn't end up with some more serious illness in relation to that and I once I knew what to do it healed so quickly and that's the beauty of it you can heal this so easily and so quickly if you have the right advice so that's all I'm going to say about leaky gut, I think. Um, if you have any questions, please, please let me know because I love talking about this stuff. You can probably tell. And I'm trying to keep these podcasts at around that 15-minute level just to make them uh, able to be listened to in short bursts because I know for me, I don't have time to sit and listen for to long podcasts. So thanks so much for listening. If you feel inclined, please leave me a review. It would help me so much to get um, acknowledged that this podcast is useful for you. So by leaving me a review, that helps me a lot. Also to subscribe to this podcast would also be fantastic. And that way you won't miss out on any episodes either. So for next week's episode, it is Ask the Naturopath or Ask Susie. I, haven't, I need to find a name for this because... I say ask the naturopath, but you can ask me about meditation, ask me about yoga, ask me about mindset. Um, I would love to share stuff with you that you find useful and to be of service to you. So feel free to message me through Facebook or Instagram, any questions you might have. I've already got a couple that I'll be addressing. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.